What's up, guys? Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jake. We have an incredible episode ready for you guys, but it is a very special day because there are actually two people in the room. <laughs> but the one person that I'm going to intro is Jen Sodastrom. Yes, here I am. She's here. Getting talked into doing the podcast. Yes, uh, there was a room that had to be cleaned in order for her <laughs> to be here today. Yep, we negotiated because yeah. you know how much I love being on camera and sound and yeah, all the things. It's, oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, I'll clean another room for you if, if you need it. I'm going to hold you to that. Great, awesome. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um Man, we're excited to be here. It's raining. It's great. Hannah is also in the room. Um, say hi, Hannah. Hi. Hey, Hannah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're going to jump into it. But uh, if you're new here, this is what we're about. This is called the Text Lab. And it's where every single week we're going to do a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for your life group this week. And our goal is simple. It's to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. And so whether you're leading a life group or you're just trying to do some deep diving on your own, we hope that the Text Lab helps you have a meaningful study, reflection, and conversations about what God has said in His Word. Jen, you want to take us through Romans 7, 13 and 25? Yep, absolutely. So we're going to read this, and I'm going to read it hopefully at a good pace because there is a lot of repetition of words that make this a little bit hard to understand, but we can do this. So here we go. Romans 7, 13 through 25. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. For if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man am I. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Whew. That's a lot. That is a mouthful. Heavy. I hope I didn't stumble on any of those words. You did so good. <laughs> I was encapsulated. <laughs> oh by my it. gosh. <laughs> okay, so that's a tricky text, but let's just uh, you know take a look back. Who's actually writing this? Where is it actually being written? Remembering that the Bible is um, for all of mankind in all of time, but it was written to a specific audience in a specific town in a specific time period. So uh, looking back, this is Paul writing to the Church of Rome from Corinth. Um, 
Rome's a cup there. It's made up of a couple of house churches filled with some Jews, some Gentiles, um, tradesmen, the, people of all different types of uh, new journey towards faith, whatever that looks like. And it, it's it's in different capacities for each of them. Um, Unification is a huge theme in the later chapters of Romans. But up until this point, Paul, um, he's just trying to lay this theological foundation. So all of these chapters are uh, necessary for our full understanding of what mm -hmm. he's going to try um, to get us at in the later chapters. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know that while Paul's not been to Rome, the people in Rome have probably heard of him. This is his third mission, well, missionary, third missionary journey. Um, and he actually is able to address 26 people by name. So there's some sort of relationship yeah. that we can rely on between Paul and the people. I think that's really good too, to look at how often we take the verses out of context. Sometimes we can even take chapters out of context. Yep. So it's like, no, we need to look at Romans one all the way through the rest of Romans mm -hmm. because it's a whole book and it functions that way too. Like mm -hmm. we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast of like, people wouldn't even necessarily read this the way that we read it. They're going to be listening to someone else read the whole thing in one sitting. Yep. And so they'd get the whole picture. And that's really important as we dive in. So the next question we're going to be answering here is, what is the author trying to explain to his audience? Ooh, it's a heavy week, Miss <laughs> okay, Jen. Come on. Okay. Um, okay, so <laughs> let me start with last week. Last week, David and I were here. David was sitting on the couch. We were talking about how Paul was answering the question, is the law bad? And Paul emphatically says, no way, by no means. Um, just because the law reveals the sin doesn't mean that the, the sin is, or the law is evil. It's actually holy and righteous and good. And we, we dove into some of, some of the law there. Um, and so this week, Paul is addressing a kind of complicated issue here. And this is recorded Thursday, and so it'll be dropped Monday. But if you were listening to Drew preach on Sunday, you know his stance. But I think it would be really helpful to dive into maybe some of the positions that he was talking about a sure. little bit further uh, and get there so that you guys can be well-equipped stepping into Life Group this week. Um, Pre-believer is kind of this space. There's three different places where... Um, people have stances here and most of them are actually in two places. So there's, uh, is this person that Paul is writing? Is this I that he's talking about? Is that Paul before he loved Jesus? Is that Paul before he was saved? Or is it after writing kind of like as he's writing the letter, the mm -hmm. present state of Paul? Mm -hmm. um, and so the pre-believer Paul says, yeah, this is before Paul was saved. This is how he felt. And there's great arguments, great exegetical arguments for both sides. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but what Drew is trying to get at here and what he's trying to say is we need to remember the context. The context is so massive to remember who Paul is. Paul is the Pharisee of Pharisees. Mm -hmm. And so he comes from that life. He comes from the life of understanding that um, it's duty and obligations and trying to live by obligation to fulfilling the, the law. Um, and throughout the book, he's also writing with this similar structure where he'll say one big theological statement and then he'll follow it up with like a counter argument to what he thinks someone else might say. Maybe it's a Jew, maybe it's a Pharisee, maybe it's whatever. And he right. does this multiple times. But here are a couple examples. He'll say grace abounds and then follow it up with, well, then should we just keep on? sinning that grace abounds he says by no means he says under grace uh or we are under grace not the law so can we just keep on sinning he says by no means no he's refuting that argument and then finally he says sin is dead the law is dead so what is the law sin this was last week he says by no means it's holy and righteous 
and good. And he has this structure that's important for us to understand of how he goes about talking. And I think the same thing is here is said here because he's constantly giving the theological statement with the counter argument. And that's a contextual clue to understand who he's talking to and where he's coming from. And so the pharisaical counter argument and, and Drew's making a, a convincing argument that this I is actually referring to some sort of Pharisee who says, yeah, I believe God. I believe that Jesus has died on the cross. He's forgiven me of my sins. But I think there's also still some duty, some obligation, some accomplishment that right. I need to uh, wrestling do. Through. Yeah. yeah, that I need to make myself good enough still. Mm-hmm. And so we're wrestling with that. And man, that's kind of encouraging to hear for myself as well. But we'll get there with, with their <laughs> town. Um, and it makes sense remembering that Paul was a Pharisee. Uh, it makes sense remembering who he was. And it makes sense according to the entire book of Romans as we see his theological breakdown there. Um, but it's good to kind of cap off this section with verses 23 and 24 of saying like, wretched man that I am, who's going to save me? It's really a desperate dependent um, theological understanding that both sides of that argument previously talked about agree on. Right. That we are desperate and dependent. We don't save ourselves. We're dead on the bottom of the ocean floor. There's no heartbeat and there's no breathing but God saves us right. and God brings us there. I think it's interesting too, when we read this section of Romans, we read it with the eyes that um, when Paul says it, he must. this must be his everyday battle. Mm. But I think when he's writing it, he's, he's saying, there are times in this journey that I'm on with Jesus where I... I want to do what's right, but the evil in me takes over. Mm. Or And so I think it's important that when we read it, we don't read it saying that happens to Paul every second of his entire day. Totally. That um, we as Christians need to exercise our faith muscle and, and grow and build. Um, and that's, that's what's good about the law. It reveals things mm. for us and it, it helps us... Um, analyze and assess where we're at and then throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus and be like, Mm. help, help, because I can't do this on my own. There is literally a war being like inside of me that's Mm. being fought, Um, which is like you said, it's when it comes to our town, holy thank goodness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's so good to understand too that, um, this topic is brought up by Paul in a few other of his letters as well, talking about, yeah, we actually are saints who struggle with sin. Mm-hmm. We talk about it in Ephesians and, and later in Ephesians. We talk about it in Colossians and Galatians. It's throughout. And so it's important for us to understand that, yes, there is a battle. There is um, a struggling that we're supposed to do as saints who struggle with this sin. Um, and it is not just in a Romans passage Right, is kind of where we need to land. So moving forward into the fun section, let's do this. I mean, it's all fun. Sorry. (laughs) What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about Jesus? How does this point us to him? And we were kind of already hitting on it. We're desperate and dependent. Like, oh my gosh, I can't save myself. Oh my gosh, there's something in me, my flesh that I just hate and I can't, uh, I'm fighting against it. Right. And outside of the law, we would have never known Mm. that there was something we're fighting against. Yes. And that, that is what's good about the law. If we don't know it, we can't address it Mm -hmm. until I know that my blood pressure is too high. I'm not going to address it until I know that, um, my body's out of shape. I'm not going to start working out. Like if I don't know it, I can't address it. And Mm -hmm. so that's, 
that's what I think is so amazing about this dance that happens between the law and grace. Yeah. And um, we are desperate and dependent. Like, I can't, I can't do anything. I think we all have moments of acknowledging that control has left the building. Mm. And it's in those moments that um, we see God the clearest. When we actually relinquish control. Uh, before Jesus, when, when the law was it, we had to fail so that we craved something that could do what only Jesus could. Mm. And I felt like that in a few moments in my life, never more than my kid having cancer, mm. which I hate that I have to go back to that all the time, but I lost control fully mm -hmm. and it was the best season of my spiritual journey ever mm. and I don't want to ever go back but I wish we could stay there I wish we could I wish we could grasp our desperate independency so fully that our days end up being marked by him and not by my f wants desires failures accomplishments that it's just about him I don't know. I think, I think wrestling with this and, and seeing um, the battle that's in us is actually what reveals who Jesus is more to us. <laughs> and that's where we're going to end the podcast for today. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, it's so good. And I think what came up for me as you're talking about that stuff is how caught up in the day-to-day -day distractions we, we can be. Gosh. Um, yep. Man, I don't know what it's like to have a kid who gets diagnosed with cancer. I don't know what that's like. I know what it's like for Crohn's to hit sure. harder than it should. Yep. Uh, I know what it's like to be helpless there. And I also have experienced that feeling of like, okay, literally all I can do is kneel and say, yep. come and have your way. I don't know what to do. Um, and what's cool about life group leading, what's cool about what we get to do uh, is we get to not just kneel ourselves, but kneel alongside others sure. too, and to encourage people with the experience that we've got in there. Um, there's a space now, Jen, like even what we're doing right now, uh, you get to use this experience for, for the good of other people. You know, and part of that is what life group leading is. There's a lot more to it, but part of the beauty of it is that we get to do that. Yeah. No, communitas matters. Yeah. Um, because we can't save ourselves. The law revealed we can't save ourselves. Yep. Jesus can, but that that lived out day to day is um, really hard. That's yeah. the bottom line, right? And um, and and when we're desperate and dependent. We practice it a little bit better. So how do we stay there? How yeah. do we stay there and stop fighting for the things of the world? But because we are that wretched, wretched man, mm. that sin just fights for our soul. 
all the time. Yeah. And so um, in life group, in communitas, in people, those are the people that held my arms up when I no longer could. Mm. Those are the people that remind me of what matters most and point me back towards Jesus. Those are the people that are saying, hey, you're, f- you're fighting for control right now. Is yeah. that really what you want to do? Um, outside of that relationship, I fail. Mm. Yeah. I think what I've experienced there in that life group setting is people fully knowing me and, and, and fully still loving me in that sure. space. Uh, the acceptance there, I think, is where growth happens. But I think beyond that, too, um, one thing I've been experiencing in the last couple of months with, with Romans and with being in my life group has been um, knowing that I'm fully accepted and fully known and fully loved by God. But then how that knowledge from my head gets into my heart is through being in life group and through them being the hands and feet of Jesus and actually helping me experience being fully known and fully loved by someone with the image of God. Sure. Like it becomes so real and it's so much easier for me to then be like, okay, youth group, it's time. (laughs) It's time to stack these chairs. It's time for the volume to be at 94 decibels all night in that room with the drums and with everything else. That's that's a high number for volume. It's time for me to serve just because I have been filled up completely um, Mm -hmm. with life group and and in an experiential way Mm -hmm. there, which has been really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Well, from here, we'll jump into our town. I know we've been kind of riffing and honestly on prepping the podcast, it has been a lot more of let's just talk. Let's have a conversation similar to how we would in a life group. But uh, here, I'd love to get more specific, man, how do we um, encourage you guys as life group leaders to lead this week to say, no, what you're doing actually matters so much, mm-hmm. especially in line with this text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I uh, <clears throat> Something I've noticed as we've led life groups um, is that when you pose a question, it's uh, some people are more ready to answer it than others. Um, And so when you ask some questions of this, I would say a suggestion of mine would just be like, ask the question, where do you see your spirit wrestling with Mm -hmm. control and faith? And maybe spend time that they list it out before they share it so that everybody can really um, come up with some sort of uh, assessment of where their journey with Jesus is. Because I think that that is probably one of the most important things we can do all the time. Totally. And it's it, what's cool is it's going to change. It's going to change per person. Correct. And it's going to it's going to open it up from an objective answer to a subjective answer yep. where it's like, no, actually everyone in this room can respond to this mm-hmm. and, and grow, grow mm-hmm. from this. I think that's super, super mm-hmm. powerful, especially sitting in a young adult circle for me, like uh, sitting around that group and saying, Oh, this person doesn't even love Jesus at all. Yeah. Like this is their first time at a church. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't know. They're like, why do you guys have cameras at church? It's like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's kind of a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, and sitting there and saying, okay, how do I, how do we actually engage with a yet to believe person with such a heavy text as this? Because I read this Romans text and I'm like, yeah, preach Paul. Like this yeah. is, this is where we're at. And this yeah. really hits me right where I'm at. But it's like, what is a yet to believe person thinking when they're reading? Like, what do you mean that yeah. it's no longer you who sin or it's all, it all can go over their head. And so that question is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. So thank you for, for that. I think that's really, really good. Um, and I think 
another space that we can we can dive into a little bit before we wrap up is how do we sit alongside people with suffering? How do we sit alongside people and live life beyond a life group night, beyond a Sunday night? Any tips, any tricks there? You've been doing life group ministry for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything to add there? Mm. Don't solve it. Mm. Um, I think, um, when we were in the middle of suffering and someone says, uh, you know, God's going to really teach you something great here, that was unhelpful and, and actually hurtful. Yeah. Um, but hearing, like, God wastes nothing was powerful. Mm. That the world and sin and our flesh are waging war against us, but God wastes nothing. Um is powerful. It's still a phrase I use today. That's awesome. So life group leaders step into the gap, (laughs) step into the gap this week. There's stuff. Um, each person has a story and each person has something that they're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, man, it's, it's, uh, a privilege to to get to be here with you, Jen, and it's a privilege to get to lead our people in this way. Um, so we'd like to wrap up just giving you some practical questions you can ask in life group this week. The first one I'll ask is just, how does wretched man, quote unquote, describe our de- desperate and dependent nature? That's good. Um, and perhaps another one could be, what do you think Paul hoped would be the application of these verses? Yeah, understanding his context, yep. understanding all that space. And then... Uh, rewritten in here real quick as you're saying it is this third question where do you see your spirit wrestling with this Mm. it's a question that you just asked and i think that's so powerful so we'll we'll put that in the description and in the reflection questions as well uh so big shout out to hannah who uh, has been listening this whole time (laughs) hello hannah and big shout out to zach surface also for editing uh we love you guys very much so whether you're working out at the gym cleaning the house or mowing the lawn driving the car whatever you're doing while listening to this podcast we hope you feel equipped encouraged fired up and ready to walk through the text with your group this week and as always do your own prep let the spirit lead you know that you are the one who has been sent by god this week to step into your family your school your work your coffee shop your gym your soccer practice your life group wherever you your prayer watch pray watch community might be and wherever god invites you to go where you are sent to be the living proof of a loving god he reveals himself love you so much and we'll catch you next time on the text lab bye